0: the hard shoulder. On News Talk with Nissan. Let's go the distance by keeping our distance. Nissan. Innovation that
1: excites.
2: Now, as always, it's a great pleasure at this time on a Wednesday to welcome back the two Johns. John Keller, the producer and former director of film classification, and John Fardy, the presenter uh, of Newstalk's Screen Time here at the weekend on the station and available on podcast to look at the best of the week's films and TV offerings ahead. Before we get into it, I heard on the news there the record numbers of people watching uh, normal people uh, insofar as it exceeded love-hate. Well, I watched it after I did my own show last night, and... uh the dirt and the filth of it, and the the unnecessary nudity and displays. And I mean, if they weren't having sex with one person, the two main a- actors and actresses, they were having it with someone else. It, it was often very robust. John Fardy, sorry, just as a as a censor, <laughs> uh, John Keller. I mean, like you must express, you know, this debauchery now is so popular uh, that the national broadcaster will do anything to get ratings. I mean, surely you. Have to say that, it, like some of the the nudity was gratuitous; it wasn't
0: necessary, and apparently the book wasn't that lurid at all. Gosh, uh, Ivan, I mustn't—I mustn't have seen what you saw at all. Well, did you not see the steamy, sweaty sex scenes? No, I saw some very romantic, uh, excellent dialogue, brilliantly directed. I know Lenny Abramson is a great pal of yours. <laughs> Well, he's done a terrific job on this.
2: Yeah, and it, it has been part... The other thing, John Fardy, it yes. didn't have much of a storyline insofar as, like, it just kind of petered out. He was heading off to New York, maybe.
1: Uh, that, that, don't spoil it for people who haven't seen it. No, no, no. So
2: well, it's been on every station, and it's been on players and everything. For heaven's sake, I mean, did like, you
1: watch all episodes? I all I things? saw
2: all bar one, uh, right. uh, uh, the second last one. But the point I'm making is, like, there wasn't much movement in the story.
1: Oh, there was well, a huge amount try, of emotional if you're flicking movement.
0: through, trying to look for their, quote dirty bits. You don't really enjoy the story.
2: No, well, uh, uh, <coughs> no, no, but John Fardy, like, there wasn't. It was an inconclusive ending. That's all I'll say. Right
1: well yeah but like great endings often are like you know like the end of you know uh, Some Like It Hot And, and the sex scenes like I disagree because I actually think the sex scenes are very much part of the story they weren't there to titillate, they were there to convey dramatic lines and characterizations of the people involved I actually thought the sex was very well handled, you know. Now I know you know a lot more about sex than I do but to mm-hmm. my untrained eyes. No, it's you gratuitous
2: know? It's entertainment, that's unnecessary. But anyway, let's go to your first movie pick. We, we have a clip from it uh, John Keller's first movie is on RT1 this Saturday at 9.45. Take a
1: listen. Today, we begin with our operation and human performance investigation on the crash of U.S. Airways Flight 1549. Water landing. Captain? This was not a crash, and it wasn't a ditching. We knew what we were trying to execute here. It was not a a crash. It was a forced water landing. Why didn't you attempt to return to LaGuardia? There simply was not enough altitude. The Hudson was the only place that was long enough and smooth enough and wide enough to even attempt to land the airplane safely. Air traffic testified that you stated you were returning to LaGuardia, but you did not. I realized I couldn't make it back, and it would have eliminated all the other options. Returning to LaGuardia would have been a mistake. Okay, well, let's get into how you calculated all those parameters. There was no time for calculating. I had to rely on my experience of managing the altitude and speed of thousands of flights over four decades. You're saying you didn't do any. I eyeballed it.
2: Yeah the remarkable voice there of Tom Hanks i think probably the best actor in the world at the moment the
0: film is called Sully
2: tell us about it john it's based on a true story
0: based on a true story that took place about 10 years ago called the known as the became known as the miracle on the hudson uh, one of the great feats of modern aviation the airbus uh, a320 had just left laguardia with 150 passengers on board and Just after takeoff, uh, a flock of Canada geese uh, effectively took out both engines. So he had to, the the captain, Sully Sullenberger, had to make an unprecedented emergency landing on the Hudson River, icy conditions. Uh, So he had to hit the water. Uh, This was his only option. He had to hit the water at a precise angle, 11 degrees going in tail first, going down tail first, and at a precise speed. If he hadn't done it, the plane would have broken up on impact and killed everybody. So the movie tells that story, directed, of course, by Clint Eastwood, who, by the way, was 90 years old last Sunday. And the movie is, is a mere really child in ent-
2: comparison to yourself, of course. But anyway, <laughs> the, the point the point I'm making is that the, the 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 film featured not only the incident, but the subsequent inquiry.
0: Yeah. And that's that's actually, as your clip showed, that's very entertaining. I mean, very, very compelling, very uh, tense. And uh, it, it's it's. The film operates at quite a number of levels, and it's not long. It's only about 90 minutes. It actually takes place, if you like, in in real time. Um, It's first-class entertainment, brilliantly constructed, no frills, and uh, it's it's a typical Clint Eastwood story, you know, a very ordinary guy reaching to do something extraordinary.
2: Alright, it's on after the main news, Saturday night, 9.45, Sully, if you haven't seen it, and it's, as as John is wont to tell us, uh, often worth another look if you have seen it, uh, do enjoy. Now, uh, jo- John Fardy, um, I've seen this, when I flick onto Netflix, uh, mm-hmm. the number one choice is this new docuseries on Jeffrey Epstein, tell us about it.
1: Yeah, it's called Filthy Rich. It's actually a very good title. And, you know, in a way this this thing on Netflix what it's doing is synthesizing a lot of what people might already know but when you see it all writ large like that on the screen it really is shocking and it details a couple of things. Most importantly it details the fact that he got away with all the awful crimes he committed for so long in essence because of money and power. I mean it's just laid bare to the point that like, the FBI dropped the investigation uh, in the early days for no discernible reason other than and he was a powerful, rich, white man. Now, it's not easy viewing, it's not cheery, but it's it's certainly compelling. A lot of it is told through his victims, uh, and a lot of it is also told through kind of most notably one of the residents of Palm Beach where he was, James Patterson, who who is this famous novelist who was a neighbor of his and then got very interested in all that was happening with him. And what's shocking is just the ease with which he moved through the world when lots of people knew what he was up to. And You know, as I say, it's not an easy watch, but it it really is compelling. And the title, Filthy Rich, it just, it really brings it home because he was... A scumbag, but he was rich and, and he got away with it for so long. And I can say that, you know, it's not a nice thing to say, but to misquote Dante, there, there's a special place in hell for paedophiles and and Epstein was, was was certainly belonging to hell. And it's it's grim, but it's it's a compelling watch and, and a solitary watch. How a- many
2: programmes are there in the series? It's
1: four. So okay. they're all one hour. So it is very doable, you know, and I I think I'm sorry, does it cover
2: cover Prince Andrew's alleged does it cover his death in prison or in hospital?
1: It's all there and there's questions about what kind of death that actually was in prison. Now, you know, some people have made the point that the Bill Clinton Association could have been teased out a lot more and I'd certainly go along with that, but but this is compelling viewing and I, I really think you'd be into it, I really do. All right. Uh, I find
2: it heavy going, Those now, No, it is. Uh, uh, right. You've got an oldie for me, John Kelleher. High noon.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know you don't like black and white, but this is an oldie. It's an absolute classic. It defines the word classic. It's a Western um, and it stars Gary Cooper and Grace Kelly. Uh, it got four Oscars including Best Actor for Gary Cooper and Best Song. Of course, you'll probably know the song Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My Darling, sung by Frankie Lane. And by the way, that year, the, the it, didn't, it missed out on Best Picture. It was nominated, but it was beaten by The Quiet Man.
2: Indeed, with the Irish Connections. That's on TG Cahar at 10.20. Now, you you have another one
0: for us. Ted on Netflix. What's this? This is very different. This is not a classic, at least not in the same way. Um it's the brainchild of Seth MacFarlane, the the creator of the T V series Family Guy. It's crude, it's offensive, it's immature, it's politically incorrect, and it's very funny. So, this kind of thing that I'm not sure if you would like it. I think you might. Uh I very much doubt if Deirdre would like it. Is it a movie? It's a movie, yeah. Mark Wahlberg plays a man who, whose childhood wish came true. His childhood, as a kid, he had wished that his teddy bear would actually come to life. Ah, oh, Lord. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a fantasy. It's like you that Paddington yoke. It's very different well, they than they Paddington. talks and all this and walks. Yeah, but not quite. Paddington is quite a, a, a well-behaved bear. It was certainly not a foul-mouthed bear. This is a very potty-mouthed bear. And uh, he has to face in adulthood. Um, he has to face a difficult decision. The Mark Wahlberg character. He has t- to decide whether to keep his relationship with the bear, or wh- or with his girlfriend, who's completely sick of sharing him with a, a talking teddy. So one of them is going to have to go. But it's it's as I say. It's crude. It's it's raucous. It's unsubtle. It's in poor taste. But if and if you take offence easily. You, you will be easily offended. But it is quite, quite funny. W- when was it made? Ten years ago. Right,
2: right. Eight years ago. Right. So um, I, I'm go- hoping to watch, because I, I got caught up with other things, I'm hoping to watch Contraband tonight. You're not going to tell me, you're still sticking, that. that's a good one.
0: Well, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, also Mark Wahlberg. Uh, he seems to be in everything. Right, Um, They're two very different films. I mean, Contraband is kind of -of run-of-the-mill thriller.
2: Okay. Well, it sounds like better than run-of-the-mill talking teddy bear. Uh, Okay.
0: (laughs) Give it a a try. Give it a try because you've got a good sense of humour. You might get a Uh, a few chuckles.
2: It's fraying at the edges, I have to tell you. Now, little fires (laughs) everywhere, John Fardy. What's
1: this? Yes. Little Fires Everywhere. Can I just say, you would like Ted. I mean, he's a foul-mouthed teddy bear and you're more comfortable with teddy bear sex, I think. So I do think you'd enjoy it. Now, Little Fires Everywhere. I think this is one Deirdre will enjoy. I often feel like I'm speaking to her primarily. Okay, okay,
2: she listens to uh, you more than me. Go on.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm picking that up. So this is... This is on Amazon Prime and we haven't done much of that kind of stuff because I know you're a big Netflix fan, but a lot of people have Amazon. And what it is, it's based on a novel and it's Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington playing two very different mothers in the 1990s in kind of white picket fence America. Reese Witherspoon has four children and everything is seemingly, you know wonderful in the garden but then you quickly realise her youngest daughter has serious problems and and they're directed at her most of them and then Kerry Washington and her daughter she's an African American lady she is a painter or a, an artist and she joins this she comes to this house. she's sleeping in her car with her daughter and she because she's this kind of you know vagabond artist kind of who travels the world and she comes to this town Shaker Heights in Ohio and okay. she causes kind of disruption by her presence there even though she. She seemingly seems reasonably right. normal as well. And as I say, it's behind the white picket fences. If you like stuff like Big Little Lies, you'll really like this. The two performances of Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington right. are brilliant. So it's definitely right. one for Deirdre.
2: All right, Little Fires Everywhere on Amazon Prime, Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich on Netflix, and two TV movies, Sully and High Noon, and give Ted a look. My thanks to John Kelleher and John. F- the hard shoulder. On Newstalk with
0: Nissan. Together let's play our part by staying apart. Nissan
1: innovation that excites.